third episode of the weekly watch list. My name is Sean Peterbudge and I'm joined as always by my offsider, Will Peters. William, hello. Hello, Sean. Very good oh. to have you here. Obviously, we didn't record last week because I forgot what day it was. Idiot. <laughs> we were set to do Thursday. Thursday, yeah. And I genuinely forgot what day it was. I was like, I'd done no preparation. <laughs> I'd had, I had no notes. <laughs> and I also had, <laughs> had double booked myself. Meanwhile, my notes were full and ready to go. I was like... This is, no, we, we just can't do it because like, I've just got no time. I've, I've done no preparation. Go, we're stuffed. In my head, I was ready and I just got let down. So I played COD all day. Oh, well. Yeah, I'm sure so. that was productive. Two XP, double XP? Uh, it wasn't. It's currently, uh, it's probably finished now. It was double weapon XP over the weekend. What does that mean in terms of what do you get so out you of that? So you level up your weapons. Okay. So you can basically level them up quicker. That's handy. Yeah. Especially in COD. We've spoken about it. We don't want to get bogged down in COD, yeah. but... As somebody who doesn't play it as regularly, that's one of the jarring things when you get on and there are people that have got much, much, much better weapons than yeah. you. Yeah, how do you get... Oh. Oh, God, I've got this fucking water pistol. <laughs> psst, 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 I'm not taking psst, anyone out psst. with this. Um, so the basic concept of this show, as we've explained before, but if you haven't listened to us before, welcome, um, inspired by director Steven Soderbergh, uh, who puts together a year-end list. It's effectively a diary of everything he watches throughout the year and then come the end of the year he publishes it uh, we do that but we do it week to week so we pick the highlights of what we've um, enjoyed whether it be music or video games tv movies and to shoot the shit about them oh yeah pretty straightforward so we picked uh the format we're working on at the moment's four not sure yeah. how we settled on four but four oh, seems yeah. good um but the format we work on we pick four each and we just uh, we just talk about what we enjoyed um, and what we didn't enjoy. What we didn't enjoy sometimes. I've got some baddies this week, Sean. Oh, you've been pretty positive. I have. To, to sort of kick us off. I have. That's I'm more open to watching bad shit now. I reckon I've probably got four thumbs ups, to be mm. honest, looking at my notes. Roll switch. I had one that was a bit like, I didn't end up going with it. I had one that was a bit, eh, maybe, but I, I decided to go for something else in its place. I'll, I'm excited. I'll let you kick off because you, you might... You might have a negative to lead us off. Yeah, I do. Excellent. Um, so this is something that I think you would have made the effort to watch, given yeah. the cast. Oh, okay. Um, but I got an episode and a half in and I'm literally... Nervous. I'm nervous. ...found myself doing anything but watching it okay. while it was still on. Space Force. I haven't... It's funny. Okay. Yep. I've watched a clip... Of it, I think it was a, it was just a clip, like a promo clip, of like them in like a table and like yeah, yeah. So that's like literally the only funny part of the first. But episode. even even then, I was like, yeah, yeah. So like it's a little bit funny just because of the characters in there. You've got that guy who does, um, like the deep voice. He's in Emperor's New Groove and Family Guy. That um plays the cop in Family Guy. What's oh his name? yeah, Patrick Warburton. Yeah, he's like, he like he's funny, because like, just because of his voice. David Putty. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Space Force, uh, obviously lead role is Steve Farrell. Mm -hmm. Uh, he's got an advisor who's essentially John, who is John Malkovich. But he's an alien? No, he's just like normal. I didn't I see that bit. He might be an alien at some point. Okay. I'm not sure. But he's John Malkovich. It's John Malkovich, who obviously is funny in his own way. And then randomly his wife is Lisa Kudrow. That is random. Phoebe or friends for yeah. those who don't know. Um, she's like, she's niched herself into the mother role now in so in the last like five years. And I assume for the next five, for the next five years, 
She's she got probably a do the same. She's got a window there. Yeah. Where she can play that age. Anyone from Courtney Cox, I haven't seen in years. Jennifer Shit. Aniston just plays the hot mum. Courtney Cox is living off that sweet scream money. Oh, yeah. Honestly, the last thing I probably saw in was... Um, <laughs> Not those Friends residuals that are worth millions. Was the start of Gridiron Gang. Is it Gridiron Gang when Adam Longest Sandler... Yard. Longest Yard. Longest Yard. That um, was... Uh, Will, that movie's 14 years old. Yeah, crazy. 15, maybe 15 years old. He broke my nose. <laughs> I like crazy. Terry Crews. <laughs> He's always like storing cheeseburgers <laughs> in his pants. <laughs> He's got McDonald's cheeseburgers. Um, and then... The, one of the guys gets hit, hit in the nuts. And Terry Crews runs up and puts a McDonald's, like pulls up a cheeseburger <laughs> out of his pants and goes, you've always got to protect the McNuggets. <laughs> I don't know why I thought it was funny, but I always... No, I didn't I, mind that movie, actually. We're not talking about Longest Yard. But I didn't mind it. I, I I reckon I watch it at least once a year. You know how good... You know I what, find it, I put it on, oh, yeah, this is a good movie. You know who's the unsurpri- like the surprising star turn in that movie? Big sexy Kevin Nash. Yeah. When he takes the like the estrogen boosters. <laughs> yeah. We're all trying our best. <laughs> <laughs> and then they've got, like like all weird American movies, they had like a surprise WWE guest. Well, Steve Austin's like, he plays an asshole. Yeah, but then also... Great uh, Carly. The great Carly. Yeah. He's in that. I remember being in like peak of my... Obviously Goldberg. Yeah, at the peak of my like wrestling following when I was like grade six, year seven. And seeing him, I'm like, oh, that's that, him. Was that during the Punjabi prison match oh, yeah, era? That probably. was the most confusing thing I've ever seen. So weird. Racially insensitive as well. Very. <laughs> but back to Space Force. <laughs> um, and then Fred Willard as his father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he dead? He is. Yeah. I, I looked that up because at the end it goes in memory of Fred Willard. I was like, oh. Fuck, Fred Willard's agent would be devastated because yeah. he just booked a gig oh boy. and then he's dead. Yeah. Um, and then they're like, there was some funny bits in it. Like they make a lot of jokes and references and references to uh, POTUS and being on Twitter. Uh, and, oh, and, and he has this social media manager that's like young and edgy. And you can tell that it's probably the same person that Trump has. Yeah. I don't know whose media advisors are, but What's I assume the... it's some young guy that's like, this is this is it. The, this is the one. The basic premise is they're a space military agency. Yes. Yeah. So they take the idea that, the idea that is current as well, yeah. that they want to be on Mars by a certain time. And they basically just like blow it up and make it ridiculous. Yeah. Like the concept is they take a, a pretty realistic concept mm-hmm. and they just make it a hundred times bigger. Yes. That's yeah. farce. So, and it's like, you know, and I couldn't, being a big animated movie watcher, I couldn't unhear Gru. Okay. Yeah, from yeah, Despicable yeah, Me. Yeah, yeah. I just, I hear, I hear Corell's slightly like, huh, and I just, I, that's all I hear. That sounded more Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I didn't enjoy it how whatsoever. How many episodes? An episode and a half I got through. Oh, how many episodes are there? I couldn't tell you. Wow. I, did, I didn't bother looking. Oh, I, was, I was a bit like that with... <laughs> I feel like there's only a season. I was like that with... I think it was called Avenue X. Oh, Avenue know. 5? What was it called? It was about Fifth a, Avenue? Fifth Avenue, the street. Um, no, it was on... It was a streaming service one, and it was about like a cruise liner in space. Not dissimilar to the Wally situation. Wouldn't have a clue. And Josh Gad was in it, no. which is a sign of just raspberry... I hope Josh Gad listens to this. I hope he does. Fuck you, Josh Gad. Like, I'm sure he's a nice guy. He's, <laughs> he's just talentless. Um, but I, I honestly watched, I watched that. 
I reckon I watched one episode and very similar to how it sounds like with Space Force. I was just like, this is terrible. What else can I do right now? Yeah, I was, I was, like, <laughs> I was like, can I clean anything? <laughs> I just kept doing the update up, like scroll Twitter. Yeah. Like just refresh, refresh, refresh. You mean no one's posted anything in 24 minutes? What are you talking about? I just refreshed this five <laughs> seconds ago. Surely somebody said something. Yeah, it, it wasn't an enjoyable watch. I'm just going to look up what that show is. Avenue. I assume I've literally forgotten the title. I assume there'd be like Steve Carell nuffies, like anything he watches, any, sorry, anything he makes that they'd be like, oh, amazing. Oh, it's phenomenal. I feel like it would be like that for them. Yeah. But anyone else that just wants like a you know good, good casual, I feel like they oh. comedies are hard though because like and, and we 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 will speak about Brooklyn Nine Nine at some point. I was literally about to say. It. Yeah. So we will speak about it. Are we going to speak about it today? No. <laughs> okay, I'll say this then. Um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is a really good show, of, and, and all comedies are like this. It just takes them a little while to find the groove. Mm. Sometimes it's a couple of episodes. Sometimes it's a really subtle evolution Yeah. that is like a couple of seasons. We, we spoke about it off-pod, I think before episode one, we, we were talking about how in, in a show like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, when I, I went back and we re- rewatched quite a lot of it recently, it takes Captain Holt longer than I remembered. Yeah to loosen up and there's nothing wrong with that because when he was the straight man he was super funny and he still is yeah the, the straight man then well like once he's loose and like really un-captain holt everyone's like ah oh, this is amazing like once he's loose and really eccentric yeah like but it took longer than i thought for that to happen mm-hmm. it actually took like three four seasons yeah so that's the thing where to find a new or reinvent the character and in the case of a show like uh, space force like it does take a couple of episodes to figure out who's the comedic lead mm-hmm what kind of comedy comes from that character, the actor, what sort of situations best suit their sensibility, their delivery. It does comedy does take a while just to find the rhythm. Like if season two comes out, if there if there is a season two already, I might give it a go. See how it might have evolved, just to see if there's a different spin on yeah. it. But from the first episode and a half, it was it's it's dead. It's And it's hard to because a comedy like has to set up. I feel like the budget would have been so much. Probably would have been, yeah. I feel like a comedy too is so tricky to do a pilot because you've got to set up character, you've got to yeah. set up world, you've got to set up stakes, you've got to set up relationships. Mm-hmm. But to do that while being funny, yeah, when no one knows who these characters are, is really hard. Yeah, because now, like you think about Brooklyn Nine Nine, a show like that in season eight, I think is coming up. Yeah, the next season, you're going. Well, we all know what style of comedy comes from Terry. Exactly. And what situations are going to get good laughs out of Terry? What situations are going to get good laughs out of Holt? Amy, you know, the turn to character. Rewatching it, Amy is an awesome character. Yes. Like you rewatch and get such an appreciation for she's the nerdy bookworm but loves like a trip to office works type thing. But, but the, then she also tries to be cool sometimes. Yes, and then exactly. everyone's like, oh, Amy. So they pivot. <laughs> you know, and that's where the comedy comes from. So yeah. a show like Space Force, I think a, an episode and a half is a bit, is a bit, it's not enough to kind of go close the book forever, mm-hmm. but you do want to see something in that episode and a half. You just want to see, okay, that's, that's who this guy is. That's who he's about. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Well, this situation could you know, And it's just that, that groove of just finding, finding where they're going. I get what you're saying. Mm. I get it. So yeah, Space Force currently... A big no watch. Oh no. The show I was talking about was Avenue 5. It was also debuted, I think it was this year. Uh, stars Hugh Laurie, the troubled crew of Avenue 5, a space cruise ship filled with spoiled, rich, snotty space tourists 
must try to keep everyone calm as their ship gets thrown off course. So simple enough premise. I feel like Hugh Laurie would do... Is, is, so is he like the he's commander? The, yeah, he's the lead. I feel like he'd do that well. That's one of those classic shows where it's not the same thing as Space Force, clearly, because it's mm. in space, it's yeah, on a cruise line. It's not the same thing. But you're kind of like, they're actually pretty similar. Yeah. If you think about the construction of the show. I, I, I just... I think I just, in general, joy, enjoy English comedy yeah. more than American. So I feel like I'd, that'd be watchable just you, from that Do you enjoy English comedy when it's he's trying to be American as he does it? No. Is he American, is he? <laughs> he's trying to be American. Uh, well, not watching it. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. No. So so not a... Thumbs down. Thumbs down, Space Force. Not watching you again. Damn. I'm brutal. That is brutal. Yeah. Took, took me two weeks and I'm broken. Cop that, Corel. <laughs> uh, well, my, my number one for this week and... Um, those who know me, and I'm not sure how well you know me, William. Um, <laughs> I'd like to know, think a little bit well. Know that I'm a I'm a big uh, Killers mark. Oh, yeah. Big fan of the Killers. Uh, they released the third song. That's not really singles anymore, are they? They just released the first track, yeah. uh, the third track off their new album. The album Imploding the Mirage was meant to be out on the 26th of March. Right. But I think they've probably taken the COVID situation. They're not touring, mm-hmm. um, so they don't need to be touring a new album. Yep. So I think they've just delayed it. Which, Petering it out. Which is fine. Like yep. uh, if it lets them mix it a bit more or mm-hmm. work on it a bit more, I don't necessarily think that's the case, but they probably want to hit the ground running with a tour supported by a new album rather yep. than drop the album and have to wait. Which in Europe could be another three years. Would that drop the album and then have to wait to tour it? Yeah. You know, that's that's not a good move. So no. it makes sense. But they dropped the third track off that called uh, My Soul's Own Warning. Um, I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm in that boat though. With they're the sort of band that they kind of release anything, and it doesn't really matter what it is. And you're like, oh, I'm yeah. like, I'm like, yeah, it's pretty good, even if it sucks. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty good idea. Rose tinted glasses. Yeah, excellent, absolutely right. But look, for me, Hot Fuss came out when I was in year eleven. Yeah, and they were like the big, the cool sort of new band, and they were on mm-hmm. the OC. If oh, you remember, okay. they played at the Crab Shack or whatever it's called. <laughs> Can't say I've ever watched it. I don't know what the, the... You know how like all those hot young teenage dramas of the, the uh, 90210 had the peach pit? Oh, yeah. They've all got the hangout. Yeah. I don't know what it was called in the OC, but they... The Crab Shack. It wasn't called the Crab Shack. But it was, <laughs> uh, But they, they played there and um, they used to get like reasonable like bands. How weird. Which it is like it's a weird concept because you kind of like... These are just punk-nosed Orange County kids. Yeah. Why are these bands playing at this dingy bar? They all, yeah. Anyway. Privilege will. That's what that is. White privilege. That's what it is. I don't want to say it. But that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Uh, look, I've I've reached the point where I'm sort of comfortable with all the bands that I like. Yep. And and the music that they make, and I don't really need any new stuff. That's fair. In the sense that, if a band that I like releases an album, it's like, oh, cool, good, excellent. I'll add it. But I don't need to find a new band. No. And I'm like, I don't need to. I don't need to worry about finding new like, music. Th- yeah, those people that are always like, uh, I knew this person like way before you, which I'm guilty of doing. Like, there's some. With I mean, that, with that rapper you told me about, I'd never heard of him. Yeah, yeah. Is he in prison? Relative, yeah. not not yet. His uh, parole ends in July. His lawyer came out saying he's fearing for his life. <laughs> he should be. <laughs> um, but you know, I I'm guilty of saying, oh, I knew this rapper before you to other people about um, some various artists. But 
I feel like the people that live for that are just like, like why, like there's no, why do you need? It's a competition. Constant yeah. new artists to prove your coolness. Well, I said I've reached the, I've reached the point wealth. where on my uh, Apple Music, yep, you know I've got a playlist that contains it's like 280 songs or yep. something, and they're sort of like the only songs I need. <laughs> And occasionally, like a new song comes out, and you add it to the list. But it's very like, rare. oh, you lucky, lucky song. Yeah, you get to add it. Yeah, this <laughs> and like this list will pretty much. I can't see it growing by all that much. Yep. Um, but my soul's own warning will probably make the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just got this. I don't know how much how familiar you are with the Killers catalog, but what I love about them as a band, and particularly about Brandon Flowers, obviously the lead man, is they can do like a couple of styles of music like really well. They can do like the new wave yep. kind of pop, which is what they cut their teeth on. Yeah, Somebody yeah, yeah. told me and Jenny was a friend of mine, obviously, of that, that first album. And then they can do like classic American songbook rock, mm. like when you were young, yeah, uh, Runaways and the, and the sort. Um, and then they can do like really quirky shit that's like country rock. Like Brandon Flowers right. has done solo albums. They have yeah. like country rock songs on them. And some of them are real like country folk songs. They're just so much fun. And more than anything, what I love about him is he just tell like a lot of their songs, some of them are nonsensical. Yeah. As songs can be. Mm-hmm. But when he's at his best, he's like telling a story. And when you listen to the lyrics and it tells a story about a person, there's I think my favorite song of the three released so far is pretty comfortably uh Caution, right. which is like the lead single yeah, from yeah. the new album. But there's a line in that, it's pretty much the first line of the song, um, where he, he goes uh, her mama was a dancer and that's all that she knew because when you live in the desert, that's what pretty girls do. Yeah. And it's a very simple sort of rhyming thing. But I remember yeah. listening to it and just being like the slow pull in, just being like, fucking wow. I just remember thinking, that's a movie. The idea of this girl living in this dead end town. Yeah. She can't be anything more than what her mother was, uh-huh. what her mother was, what her mother was. Yeah. She wants more. She wants to get out but she's only seen a particular way. And it's like in two lines, you've just been told this person's entire, this character's entire life. Mm. You know, it's, it's what pretty girls do. It's like, yeah, you're a pretty girl. You're just going to be a dancer at the club. Yeah. And some guy from town who you always know, you'll be with him forever and you yeah. might not be happy. That's just the way it goes. And it's just, there's so much I, you, you spin off from that line. And he does mm-hmm. that all the time. He has a song called, um, on his solo album, uh, What's the album called? Uh, the Desired Effect, which is a fucking amazing album, mm-hmm. released in 2015. And I always get so frustrated that the radio like don't play a lot of their stuff. It's like if you played it and people listened and people heard it, they'd probably want to hear more. Yeah, but then uh, the Killers... They just play the same 12 songs every yeah, day. Yeah, the Killers had their... Unfortunately, they, no, they, they, did. Had, they had their peak in Totally. Pop. No, no, totally. And you go, but the reason it kind of petered out was because you sort of stop playing stuff. Like there's still, if you played... If they make a song and it gets picked up on TikTok, watch that thing blow up. I'm well, sorry. Exactly. And that's something like Caution could do that. Yeah. Um, this song, My Soul's All Own Warning, has got like a really cool Bruce Springsteen-y stadium anthem mm-hmm. like riff. Yeah. And it's super Bruce Springsteen-y, which yeah. is kind of what a lot of their stuff is. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but like this album, The Desired Effect, had a couple of songs on it that if they got played, would have been big. Yeah. If they got played. Because people would go, it's a good song. Like it's a fucking like it's a pop song. It's got a great hook, a great chorus. But he had a song on that album called "Digging Up the Heart," which right. is about like this um, 
this guy, young guy, once again living in a small town, mm-hmm. goes to jail. And is Brandon uh, from a small town. He's from uh, from Nevada. Right. That's one of my favorite stories. We'll get back potentially to, small town. We'll get back to digging up the heart in a sec. That's one of my favorite stories. Yeah. He tells it. They tell it live, and mm-hmm. I don't even care how true it is or whatever. It's just a great story, where he said he was working as a valet at one of the casinos on the Strip mm-hmm. in Vegas, and on his break, you know, parking cars and just doing odd yeah, jobs. Yeah, yeah. He's reading through like the classifieds and the back of the. This is you think this is like early two thousands, yeah. which although it's recently in terms of the way we live. It's old eons ago. Yeah, um, he was flicking through the classifieds because he was, he liked music and he was sort of you know wants to potentially join a band, start a band, and he found this ad from a guy, Dave Kuning, who's the guitarist, mm-hmm. and um, the ad just basically said his influences bands he likes. And Brandon said, oh, I was looking through it and I went, Oh yeah, I like these bands. Yeah, I like a few of them. So he called him from a payphone mm-hmm. and introduced himself and said, Oh look, you know, saw your ad you need a singer and you know etc um okay yeah so they went and had a meet meet and greet at dave's house and you think about it, you go these guys went on to become a really big band yeah you go they literally brandon flowers walked up to his door and knocked on the door and they meet and they have a chat and he's not weird strumming chords he's not weird yeah he's okay he's not a weirdo on the way out the door um dave gives brandon a cassette right and he says, oh, here's some stuff I've been working on. Here's some bits and pieces. Yep. You know, uh, He's not a lyricist as such. He did a solo album, which was okay. But he goes, right. look, you know, take the tape, write some stuff, see what you come up with. Yeah. So Brandon goes out and gets in his 92 Geo Metro <laughs> and he puts the cassette in and the first riff is Mr. Brightside. Right. And you sort of go, I don't even care if that's not true. I don't you're, even... You're, you're, you, you being the killer's oh, person you are, you're just like... Oh. I don't even care if that's not if that's embellished, if that's got some mayo on it. Yeah. Because you sit there and you go, that is the song of the 21st century. That is the song of the first 20 years of this century. One like, of? Bar none. There bar is, none. There is, not a, there is not a song in the world that you could put on in any club in the world that he could play in front of any audience in the world that they wouldn't go ballistic and they wouldn't sing it. Yeah. It is, I'm not saying it's the best song, but you sort of go, it's like, I reckon it's the karaoke song of That's the fair. 21st century. Yeah. And it's this defining sort of anthem mm-hmm. for kids born between 1990, yeah. you know, and 2005-ish. And it's usually requested at the end of a night when everyone's pissed Absolutely. As well. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like he, he had the, in the Digging Up the Heart, which is a great track, he had yep. this thing about the young guy goes away to jail. Mm-hmm. And he's arrested for breaking and entering. And it's this whole story about how, you know, he went away and he comes back and, and everything's changed. Um, one of the lines, I'm just trying to remember off the top of my head. Um, was it when, when Tony left, they were scratching at the door. In particular, one wanted him more. Her name was her name was Christy, Queen of Humboldt County. Um, but three to five is a lifetime at that age. Christy found herself another man and got engaged. <laughs> and it's this thing where you go once again, you go, that's the whole fucking, yeah. that's a movie. He just sets it up. That's a movie, that exchange that this guy go, has a girlfriend who's like the queen of the town, mm-hmm. you know, prom queen type thing. Yep. He gets goes away to jail. She moves on, but he's left standing still, blah, uh-huh. blah, blah. But this, this song's very similar to that. I really enjoyed it. Really looking forward to the album, mm-hmm. uh, as I do with all sort of that killer stuff. Because like I said earlier, I'm just an absolute mark yep. for whatever they do. Mm-hmm. And particularly where, when they're in that storytelling 
vein. So I'm a big fan. Um, like I said, they've done Caution, um, Fire and Bone, and now My Soul's Own Warning. Caution is probably the pick of those three. Yep. Uh, but My Soul's Own Warning is a really fun, big stadium anthem um, that I think will be good live. So looking forward to seeing what they come up next, but I'm giving that a big, big thumbs up. Big, th- uh, Probably your biggest, I would think. Pretty close. Yeah. I liked it, Superman. Yeah, true. I was a big fan of that. But look, I, it's not so much for that song in particular, but just them in general and, yep. and kind of what they're doing in the new album and the like. Excellent. Very good. Excellent. So my, uh, my second pick of the week is, it, we've talked about it briefly, I think, on the first episode. Um, one of the biggest... It's not Grey's Anatomy. No, 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 no. Briefly. I said briefly. Uh, so the new season of Fortnite started. Oh, no. When? Um, uh, two weeks ago, maybe. Okay. Um, but... I thought you said it was dying. It was dying. But then they like basically paused the last season for the last like two months. They never started it for some reason. And this whole big joke was that we're never going to get this new season. So me and my mates, we, uh, we jumped off Call of Duty to give Fortnite a go. Gave it a chance. Is anything about it new? Yes. So oh. basically half the map is underwater with little islands here and there. And Can you swim? Yes. Oh. And there's sharks. Ooh. But basically they've created this new narrative about um, from last season. And there is elements of the game that is bringing people back. The people that moved to COD and said, no, nah, it's done. It's bringing them back and they're streaming it a bit more, which is helping the growth of it. Um, like one thing that really blew up Fortnite back in the day was basically the ability to win a game by using a meme. So like a way to win that you shouldn't be winning. Oh, so that's, a, that's, a, that's such a weird sentence. Back in the day, there's like a thing called Skybase and you'd basically, so the storm comes in and you, cause you can build, you basically build up on the edge of the storm. So then it gets to the final two and this person's like, where's the other person? I can't see him. He's up in the sky. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so then you make sure you have enough health to win the game while the storm kills you and then the other person dies. So you win via a sky base. But basically... Oh, so you're above the storm. Yes. you're No, you're at the top of the map. Yeah. But you're still like in the storm and then it closes in on you, closes in on the other guy as well. And you just hope that you have more health than this guy. Oh, so you're both going to die. Yeah, but he might die quicker. Yeah. Anyway, so the, one of the big things that made Fortnite blow up was the ability to use meme strategies. And for, for instance, there's sharks in the game. Mate, I feel you may as well be talking Portuguese. Okay, but there's, there's sharks in the game and you can fish in Fortnite. And you can basically fish a shark and then use them as mobility to get around the map because you're, because you're swimming. You can ride a shark. You can ride a shark. Um, and then they have this like weird cannon thing where you basically hit, like, hit someone near them. And then it blows them back. So Can you, with the riding the shark, yeah. are you like straddling them? No, it's like you're... Water, or you're holding the fin. It's like, it's like you're water skiing and your your rod is the is the rope on the boat. But the boat oh, is okay. shark. It's like you're water skiing. Anyway. It's unimportant, but for my own visualization, <laughs> it was very important. I was like, are you like riding it like if a If you horse? want to understand this season, there's a little like two minute trailer on the season okay. going doing the rounds on YouTube. That explains most of what I'm talking about. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, it's all underwater and you can use meme strategies again. There's a big cannon that can you can blow people back into the storm. And that's that's also a meme strategy. You can win a game by basically not letting them in 
the circle. You can keep on blowing them out with this cannon and you're like, it's really confusing. Sounds confusing. So we, we gave it a go, like a good hour, tried to really, you know, love it again. And then we finished really badly. And then me and my mates were like, yep. That's the last game of Fortnite we will ever play. Oh, in wow. You're backing away forever. Yeah, it's 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 done. It, it had its fun. We had great fun playing it back well, in the day. How big has its window been? A um, couple years? going to say 2017. I mean... End of 2017, it kind of blew up. But you think it, about everything like that. You think about Pokemon Go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything comes along and has its... But that stopped because of lack of development. It did. Niantic it... just put their hands up and said, no. Nah. But everything comes along and and blows everyone's socks off. Yeah. Because, and the phrase I always use is, it's uh, revolution. Yeah, yeah. And then it, evolution isn't as exciting. Yeah. So it comes out and everyone's like, this is amazing. It's so different. It's... The thing they did well is that everyone only gave it like a year and a bit. Mm. They kept it going. And then eventually they ran out of ideas and then someone's obviously coming and going, let's do this. So now they're kind of refreshing and they're going to get that group of like 10 to 15 year olds again yep. that aren't allowed to play COD because it's war and gory and all that sort of stuff. That's the thing, isn't it? There's always that age group. Of, of course. And they'll keep on getting it. They'll still be selling all their shitty t-shirts at the Melbourne show. You know what's like, funny? Like I was reading something about the new Halo game yeah. and, and someone was writing an article about the expectation is the multiplayer in the new game, which yeah. I think is called Infinite, um, will be <clears throat> very similar to Halo multiplayer of years gone past. Right. But multiplayer, online multiplayer has kind of evolved away from that yeah. for so long. And people were worried about, well, they're not going to have a battle royale mode and they're not going to have this. And someone goes, but Halo players don't want that. Yeah. And people that are still playing Halo want classic Halo. Um, exactly right. Yeah. So there's that sense of, Okay, well, um, why do we want to be something else? Yeah, we want to be our own thing. And Fortnite very much came along and was its own thing. Like we're a cartoon. And then people yeah. kind of copy the concept a little mm -hmm. bit and, and reskin it to yeah. suit themselves. And with Halo, it's like, no, well, don't don't just be them. Yeah, go be your own thing. And you know, if that's good enough, well, it's not going to. Oh, sorry, if it's not good enough, it's not going to be saved by a battle royale mode. Yeah, and. Just fucking put a battle royale mode in, and yeah, if yeah. people play it, they play it. If they want to play the more traditional co-op or multiplayer, you know, capture the flag, mm -hmm. yeah. Halo, there are dozens of these game modes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They will. If they don't, well, it's probably because the game's not very good. Yeah, and like we talked about the kind of frantic element of Call of Duty and what and how it how it's been so successful for so many years. So visceral. Yeah, and going back to Fortnite, I was like. It seemed it just seems slow because even in the battle royale element, element of COD, it's fast, it's quick. You're running around, you're picking up. Whereas Fortnite, you almost it's almost like you're jogging around yeah. and everything's slow and pretty. And like, oh, I was yeah. like, I, and I was sitting there going, I need more. Like, but then the twelve year olds don't need more. That's all they need. I can imagine you sitting there going, I just want better. <laughs> I just I just want more than this in my life. So, um, so. Yeah, it was, you know, refreshing to see that they'd updated and changed everything, bought meme strats back and allowed a new generation to, to play it again. But there's definitely the kind of late 
teens, early twenties that have just gone, yeah, that's well, they've sort of that's it's, like, it's like all that concept, like that content, isn't it? They've, that that generation's probably aged out of it. Mm. But then even still, I was twenty six this year. I was twenty three, twenty four, playing it at its peak, and I was like, and I was still, I'd like to call myself pretty mature, but it was, and like this, and all the streamers, they're all you know twenty five, thirty plus, and like it was able to be played by grown-up people mm. and a lot of people played it just because it was the popular game and you were able to. Whereas it doesn't... Now it feels like a kid's game. Yeah, okay. Well, that's... that's they probably figure too. That's that's where the that's money is. That's where they is. make their money. That's where the money is. And yeah. like, we'll just make it whatever we need to. I mean, even myself recently, I've just gone way off like FIFA. Mm. And FIFA's apparently been on the vine, like dying on the vine for a little bit now. <clears throat> Ever uh, since... FIFA videos stopped on YouTube, basically. Yeah, so... Pack openings and stuff. I think that there's there's obviously the, the professional, like Shudder, saying that. Yeah. FIFA players um, have kind of railed against the last couple editions of the game. Yeah. You know, and you sort of go, I'm not that passionate about it. I think that the problem is just that as somebody who's owned every version of FIFA since 2003, going, it's the same game. Yeah. Maybe every, with a little bit different mechanics. So I remember a jump around like 14 to 15, maybe. Every so often. Where it went from like basic yeah. to like advanced. And, I, and then I was like, yeah, I'm done. I'm, I can't a, play there's this There's an anymore. evolutionary cycle where an engine is upgraded yeah. or which allows them to do more stuff. But you're just going, it's the same game like mm. all the time. Yeah. You're going to be playing this game for 17, 18 years. And I've got a mate that does the same. Every year he'll go pick his team, yeah. take them from the bottom to the top. Yeah. And just like, but that's what he does, and he loves it. And that's why they added, you know, the journey in, which was like a, a playthrough storyline. Yeah. And I didn't mind that, just as something a bit different. You're like, yeah, it's the same game, but they're packaged it around a storyline. It's similar a to bit, what NBA. Yeah, and there's a little bit of choose your adventure in there. Yeah. You're like, yeah, yeah. Okay, this sort of freshens it up a bit, but uh -huh. just in general, as I said with you in Fortnite, you're kind of like, yeah, I think I'm just over it. Yeah. And I'm not sure what it's going to take to get me back. Yeah, it. I don't know because I feel like I'm, as I grow up, I feel like I'm going to be gaming less and less. You do. So I want to game on something that I'm going to enjoy. You probably find yourself to um, transitioning more towards like narrative games. I don't think I ever will though. Playing I think a game I'll be, with like a story. Yeah, I just don't think I ever will. I couldn't like, tell you what any of the stories are in those. I played most of them, COD games and all that. My main mate who I play with is, oh, have you finished campaign yet? No, because I get on and want to, I want to have a heart attack because I'm so stressed. Just going, no, I didn't, didn't, even, <laughs> didn't even play it. I want my blood pressure that high, I almost die. Because <laughs> I want someone to find me writhing on the ground <laughs> in need of an adre adrenaline pen. scare me. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. um, yeah, Fortnite, new season. I'll give it a 5 out of 10. Cause, 5 out of 10? Yeah. That's a soft pass. Yeah. It's a very, very soft pass. I'm giving them commenda is the word commendations just commendations probably too high for what you're saying. Giving them a, like a uh, credit. The, what what was the white ribbon used to get in like school athletics? Participation. Partic I'm giving them a participation <laughs> you award. You turned up. You turned up. Yeah, you, like you're here. You gave it. You gave us an effort. Like, Thanks for coming. Yeah, you, know, you, you you sort of put in a little bit. Don't quit your day job. <laughs> Have some other interests. <laughs> Sports not for you. <laughs> Uh, my second, and this is something that I've I've really enjoyed for quite some time, yep. and it's a hard concept to describe. I tried writing some notes down, and I just sort of didn't get lost. But I was like, I'll just off the cuff is the best yeah, way yeah. to do it. Uh, the movie trivia schmodown. So, if you love movies, the the movie is called trivia schmodown. No, it's a, it's a it's a 
online programs, an online YouTube show. Right. They've gone onto Twitch lately. Yeah. So the movie trivia showdown. If you love movies, right. Like you really enjoy movies, just like you, and you don't know what I'm talking about, I implore you to check it out. It's basically just a movie trivia competition, right? With recurring characters uh-huh. that is packaged up like it's professional wrestling in the sense that you've got factions, you've got characters, yeah. good guys, bad guys, mm-hmm. and they all, for real, compete in a movie trivia competition. Right. And there's championships. Yeah. There's like a singles championship, a team's championship. Uh, the inner geekdom, which is like um, Marvel movies, DC comic book mm-hmm. movies, fantasy, sci-fi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there's a couple of different, and there's a Star Wars one. And basically it's just this running thing where there's, um, I try to think, I think there's eight teams. They went for this season. This is like the seventh season. They went to a like almost kind of like a quasi professional sport kind of model mm-hmm. where you've got eight teams. Each of those teams have a manager or a coach yeah. and they had a draft and then those teams play each other for points and at the end of the year, there's a team that wins. So you kind of pick a team based on the competitors you like and you might follow them. And obviously there are heel teams and is this team. produced by any like big YouTube channel? Like, so it was. It, it came from initially. It came from the Collider video channel right. many years ago. Yeah. Just, they they were still are a news a movie news website, uh-huh. yeah. and it was ba- uh, born of of uh, Christian Harloff and Mark Ellis, who were at Collider for a number of years, doing their daily movie shows and yeah. associated spin off shows mm-hmm. on YouTube. And they were at AMC. AMC were, were a bit of a forerunner to Collider in mm-hmm. terms of movie news. Yeah. Um, They've abandoned that recently, which is a bit of a shame because it was just a good kind of daily piece of content. Yeah. But yeah, so basically they sit there, there's competitors, and it's just movie trivia. Right. And it's just, I don't know, there's just something about it. There's someone who loves movies and yep. likes trivia. Mm-hmm. It's just, they're just good fun to watch. They do a couple of episodes a week. They've got kind of storylines going through them. At the moment, uh, the, the thing at the moment is the Inner Geekdom Tournament. Right. So they're all, they're, they're all paired off in a bracket. Mm-hmm. And they're fighting their way through to have a championship match yep. against the current champion. So there's some fun there. Um, there's obviously team singles, like I said, which is good. Uh, they do like pay-per-view type big events. Okay. They do like four or five of them a year. Yep. COVID sort of put pay to that. Yeah, yeah. But they do these big events that go for like three or four hours where all the storylines come together and they're all title matches and, and whatnot. It's just great fun. Like it's as somebody, like I said, who likes those two elements Okay. Um, of trivia and movies, and I don't mind wrestling. Um, that's kind of a buy. You don't have to. You don't have to engage in any of the wrestling yeah, yeah. stuff. That's just a. That's just a means of packaging up uh-huh. the storylines and the rivalries and having right. a bit of fun with them, rather than just presenting. Uh, it's Will versus Sean today. If you package it up like a bit of pro wrestling bent, yeah, there's a storyline behind. I'm on this team. You're on that team. I'm the bad guy. Okay. You're the good guy. Right. Etc. Um, but they're available on YouTube. Um, they've got a Patreon, which gives you a little bit more access to... I, I'd give 10 bucks a month and you get like an additional couple of matches. You do? Yeah. Okay. You, you get a couple of matches extra a month yep. and early access to the other games, other yep. matches. But like I said, if it's if you love um, movies, I think you'll really enjoy it. If you've okay. never, never heard of it, uh, Movie Trivia Schmodown, very easy to find on, on YouTube. Right. Uh, it's just a great watch. Just mm. a really fun... The matches, the videos go for probably between 45 minutes to an hour. The actual matches themselves probably go for about 25 minutes to a half an hour. Mm-hmm. So if you're only interested in that, you just skip to the match. Just trying to look it up on YouTube. And yeah. I'm, uh... It's on the Schmodown Network. Um, and there's, as a bit of an entree too, if you like it, 
Um, I would recommend not necessarily watching up-to-date storylines. I'd probably go back a couple of years. There's hundreds of matches, right. like a library of back catalogue matches that you can go back to and oh watch. Oh, God, it literally just looks like, yeah, wrestling. Yeah. So it's silly. It's a weird one to describe because people kind of might hear that and go, what is it? Yeah. You're like, no, it's trivia. It's just trivia. How weird. At its, at its root core. Not weird. How different. Yeah, absolutely. It's great fun. I love it, love it, love it. Um, and would highly recommend it. How'd you find this? It. I was on Collider. So I used to I used to watch a lot of the Collider stuff, for, um, particularly in light of shows like Entertainment Tonight still go. Right. But in, in this 21st century world, well, world William, um, Collider Movie News was just a really great source of movie news. God, it's all weekend. Yeah, they run... Thursday, Thursday and Friday, The Mandalorian reviews on Friday. Yeah, so they do, on their channel, they do like a daily show and then content reviews. But they also do the, the Schmodown trivia. But um, Chuck them a subscription Yeah, no, they're not bad But when, like I said When they used to do The proper movie news That's how I found them They were just And a lot of those characters Would compete A lot of the people Who appeared on the shows Would compete against each other Yeah And then in the last Couple of years It's gotten a bit bigger Right To the point where um, At some point In the near future Chris Jericho Is going to be on it How good uh, I think Kevin Smith the Have director, you seen pictures Of Chris Jericho lately? He's looking old so, like, I've got long hair down, you know, for a male, I've got long hair yeah. down to my shoulders. His hair is, like, almost touching his ass. And he's got this, like, it's, like, blonde slash grey. He's an old dude thin, now. He's, like, 50. Like, mate, cut it. Yes, you there's, like, this new type of wrestling. I forgot what it's called. AEW. Yeah, All Elite or something. But it's just, and he's running that. But it's, like, stop. That's his look. The long hair's his look. No, it's not. It's short, back mate, in size. mate. Look up Chris Jericho. You're thinking of like mid 2000s Chris Jericho. I am. No, not even. It's like late. What the fuck is the first decade of this millennium called? 2000s. It's so confusing because you're like fucking 2010s. At least we're in the 20s now. Yeah. That makes Chris. it easier. But Chris Jericho, when he had Lionheart, when he, you know, Monday Night Jericho, Raw is Jericho. When he came from WCW, it was all about the long hair. See, I see Jericho as that. Yeah, see, that's like, that's like. 10 plus years into his run. Given this is an audio platform, it's like, you know, mid to late 30s, uh, short back and sides, sort of bit of a quiff on top. Yeah. Long just, hair's Jericho. He just looks old and disheveled. Well, he like, is old and disheveled. Look at that. Stop wrestling. He's like 50 years old. Yeah. How old is he? Beer gut? I don't know. Let's have a look. He's um, great though. I always liked Jericho. 49 years old. There you go. I always liked Jericho. Manhasset, New York. His old man played um, for the New York Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. He was a big yeah. ice hockey fan. Uh, yeah, so yeah. movie trivia schmodown. Uh, like I say, you love movies, give it a yeah. watch. It's we'll just do. good to have on in the background. And everyone, everyone likes sort of trivia, playing yeah. along. Mm -hmm. Do you find yourself playing along when you do it? Yep. Nice. Um, sometimes, right. sometimes thinking, I would have beat you. <laughs> you suck. Is, your life, is one of your life goals to get on it? No, you can do it. They, they do, they have... Um, uh, over the last couple of years, it's expanded. They have fan leagues. So mm. I could compete in a fan league and you just do it via Zoom or whatever. How does average Joe get on though? How does it so do, guys, does he have to some, know someone? Some, some players have... have uh, there's a couple of guys who are in the newest season um, who have played through the fan leagues and have just done well in those. And then they get picked up. And they just get picked up. Yeah. Right. So that, that could happen. Yeah. But it's like... I just like playing along in my own time. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so my third pick is... Uh, it's, it's a sequel to a movie that came out, I think, 10 years ago now. Um, the sequel came out 10 years ago? No, the, the sequel movie? came out last year. Ooh. Um, 
Any any guesses? So, first one came out twenty ten. Second one came out in twenty nineteen. Give me a not a massive hint. Give me a hint. Uh, Woody Harrelson. Zombieland. Yes. Yep. So, I watched the. F- I'd never seen Zombieland. I've always steered away from like Walking Dead, any sort of like zombie apocalypse yeah, sort of thing. Don't do it for me. No thanks. I'm just give me some give me give me some nice comedy. World War Z was okay. Never saw that. Okay. Um, but uh, so I watched the first one about six months ago because my sister went and saw the second one in cinemas. So she's like, oh, watch the first one. It's really good. So gave it a watch. Pleasantly surprised. Great film. Watched that with my girlfriend. And then Friday night, we were staying in. She said, oh, well, let's watch a movie. Um, so scrolling through, scrolling through, Zombieland Double Tap. So Zombieland 2, essentially comes up and go, oh, let's watch it. Like, we've been meaning to watch this. We never saw it in cinemas. Let's give it a go. Again, great film. Excellent. I, for someone who doesn't watch any sort of zombie stuff, even though it's not, like, fully zombie and it's not scary, but it's, like, the comedy in it is hilarious. The first one has got one of, if not the greatest movie cameo of all time. Yeah. He's in the second as well. Is he really? Yeah. Talking about Bill Murray. <laughs> um, so, and then I tried to figure out if he was like a producer or something in it that like, you know, he was like <laughs> yeah, one of the great lines heavily ever involved. He, they obviously in the first one, they he's made up to look, be looked like a zombie yeah. so he can blend in, but they, is it Emma Stone doesn't know he's a zombie? Yes. And accidentally kills him thinking he's a zombie. And as he's dying. No, Jesse Eisenberg kills yes, him. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And as he's dying, he goes, um, they're like, oh, yeah, just, do you have any regrets? And he goes, Garfield. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. <laughs> it's just his delivery of maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, he's so good, Bill. So, um, so yeah, Woody Harrelson is, so the, the character names are like location names. It's really weird. So Woody Harrelson's Tallahassee. Yes, I was going to say that. Uh, Jesse, I wrote Rosenberg, but I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's Eisenberg, Eisenberg. isn't it? Yeah. Is Columbus. Yeah, uh, and he has him. his rules, and it's kind of a lot of this movie is set up around the rules. Uh, Emma Stone, who is a weird, like, it's like she's ha- caught halfway in between being dorky and sexy. Mm-hmm. That's just her in any of her roles, I think. Yeah, I get it. Um, and Abigail Breslin, yep. who obviously in the first one was 10 years ago, yeah. nine years ago when it was made. So she's like a little girl. It's like Dakota Fanning. Yeah. And she comes to this and she's like edgy, grown up, gone through puberty. You see her now and you're like, hold on, what the fuck happened? (laughs) (laughs) I was so confused. And then you look at your watch and you're like, oh, that was 15 years ago. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, you've grown up. You're not a little girl anymore. There's this, so they start, the second one revolves around, they end up in the White House. Yes, I've seen Um, it. You have seen it? I haven't seen the film. I've seen the Okay, yeah. So it's based around starting in the White House and then, uh, spoiler alert, Emma Stone and Abigail Breslin leave and they pick up this guy called uh uh it, it was on the top of my head as I was speaking about that and I just lost it who plays him some random oh it's basically this like super lefty dude from California um and he leads him and for some reason they lead him towards Graceland yeah um, cool being the Elvis uh it's not a theme it's not a theme but it's, it's a like museum a, it's his yeah. house so, but then there's another chick who's like accommodated that and that's her place now. And then Tallahassee ends up having sex with that woman. Um, 
and, and then this is this is weird cameo of people that rock up and there's a cl- basically a clone of Jesse Eisenberg and Woody Harrelson's character. Woody Harrelson's character's like twin essentially is Owen Wilson's brother. Oh, yeah. Forgot his first name. Uh, Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson. And he rocks up, you're like, oh my God, it's fucking Luke Wilson. What the fuck? And then the guy who plays Jesse Eisenberg, instead of rules, he has, uh, oh, what's the word? Like, commandments. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, and like, and there's this weird scene where Emma Stone's looking at them both going, are you seeing this? To the guy who Woody Harrison, to the girl who Woody Harrison sleeps with. Yeah. And, and they're like, yeah, yeah. And then at the end... Eisenberg's like, oh, aren't they great? She's like, did you not see that? She's like, no, what? What's the difference? There's nothing. So they end up getting, and then like zombies rock up, and this is, for some reason there's this new zombie that they call the T-800 or T-800. Yeah, like in Terminator. Yeah. So um, they're like this elite zombie that takes a bit more to kill instead of just like a double tap. And they set up these different types of zombies, um, and he drives around in a uh, monster truck, Super weird, weird movie. It's like, it's very... Sometimes they're good though. Like, you, sometimes you need a film to just take risks. Yeah. And so, be crazy. Like, watching it with my girlfriend, Maddie, she... I understand what kind of movies she likes. So I start watching it. Five minutes in, she's on her phone. I'm like, fuck, she doesn't want to watch it. She's like, checked out already. But then I'm like, okay, do you not want to watch it? She's like, no, no, no. Like, I'm keen. I just... Something came up on my phone. I was she's like, like okay, I just good. need to see what's trending. Yeah. <laughs> so, and to my surprise, she really enjoyed it. And there's like those bits where she was in fits of laughter, and me being there, I'm like, "Oh yes!" It's like, I won this one. This is this is excellent. <laughs> You're like, "All right, calm down. It's not that funny. <laughs> Just relax." So, um, but yeah, and so yeah, and there's this weird uh, Zoe Deutsch, Deutsch, Deutsch. She's an actress. She plays this really blonde, stupid bimbo, and it's the weirdest little character ever. And you think it's finished, but then she comes back, and it's so appropriate. She's so hilarious and funny and fills a spot that you didn't think was there. Do you need the spelling? No, you're right. Yeah. I just couldn't picture her. So she plays this like blonde, yeah, actually this blonde bimbo that uh, Columbus finds in a shopping mall. Then he ends up having sex with her. Of course. Because at this stage, Emma Stone and Jesse Eisenberg's characters have broken up. Is that weird though? Because like Woody, Woody's like 30 years older than her. Is that strange? No, no. She sleeps with Columbus. Who's Columbus? Jesse Eisenberg. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Tallahassee. Tallahassee is Woody. That's yeah. that's more palatable. Mm. Um. So yeah, and but essentially, they. I think in the first one they touch on it. There's a place called Babylon. Yep. Which is like the safe haven, no zombies. Um. They find it, and they have this big epic fight at the end, which is great. If you haven't watched it, I'm pretty sure it's on Australian Netflix. Um, so it is legal for you, Sean. All about that. Um, make sure everything I consume is legal. Yeah, big fan of Zombieland Double Tap. I would would recommend. I've only, like I said, I've only really I've seen the first one. Yep. I think I've seen all of it. Did it's you one enjoy of the, the first? Yeah, one? I did. It's one of those films that I probably ought to watch because I enjoyed enough of the. You know when you watch a film in like five sittings. Yeah. So you've seen it, yep. but you haven't seen it in order. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I probably should pay it the respect of doing that and then watch Double Tap because I have heard that it is good. Yeah, and it's not an overly... You don't have to sit there and concentrate like you do in, say, a Marvel movie, but you can sit there and go, yep, awesome. And it's not a hard watch either. 
Okay. That's good to know. And I honestly, I could watch anything Woody, Woody Harrelson's in. I love him. He's pretty good. He's very dry. Yeah. And he's very... You know, he's that's his, all he needs to do. He doesn't need to be anyone else. He's got his... He's got his shtick. Even in Hunger Games. He's like, it's the same, it's the same sort of humour. Yeah. He had a couple of those moments in... Um, uh, even Solo. Yeah. He had a couple of nice little flourishes. Yeah. Where he, he's just one of those guys we spoke about. Who I don't even know who we spoke about with regard to this. But he turns up and he just hits the mark. Yeah. He's just a professional. Yeah. Turns out, like, the thing, like, Bill Murray can be a little bit frustrating. And did just, you watch the Christmas special thing on Netflix that he did? No, I've heard about it. Whack. Yeah. Super weird. It, on paper, it should be a home run. It should, but it's not. Someone I know, a cousin, who, who older cousin of mine who loves Bill Murray as yeah. well. I think I didn't watch it because she watched it and said, nah. She yeah. goes, don't bother. Because we were talking about it. We Very were, niche. We were like, this should be Bill Murray spoofing the old TV trope, yeah, the yeah, old yeah. holiday special yeah. variety show. Yeah. Should be a home run. But he's got to be in that groove. We spoke about groove early with comedy. When Bill's on, yeah. when Bill's in the groove, yeah. there's maybe no one better. Uh-huh. But... He's just not in the groove often enough. He just doesn't care. No, he's he's made his money. He's but, just, and not in like a... I just don't think he cares in a sense that he's just... He'll just do whatever makes him happy. Exactly. He, does, he won't do it for ratings. Yeah. He won't do it for any sort of credit. He just wants to do it because he does. So a thumbs up? Big thumbs up. Excellent. Yeah. Um, it's funny you spoke about Emma Stone because my number three pick for this week, I went back and... Uh, probably have to preface this with... Once again, Will, you might be aware, you may not be aware of this, but uh, you know, I went through a significant uh, period of my life with uh, a fair bit of cynicism, just about pretty much everything. Um, yep. You might be aware of that. Uh, very. Uh, one film I'd seen when it came out, and it's not that I didn't like it, right. but I kind of moved on from it pretty quickly, uh-huh. was Superbad. Ah, yes. So it's funny, as you said, with Emma Stone, because that yeah. was one of Emma Stone's first yeah. films. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have watched this film, and I don't even know what drove me to watch the film, to be honest. I wouldn't have watched this film for 10 years. Uh-huh. And I chucked it on last week Yeah. Um, in preparation to potentially have it on this list for last week's episode. Yeah. And... That's one you put on. It's, Go on. It's just great. Like, it's so good. It's a hilarious. It's got all those people that we all know it's, and love. It's such a great coming-of-age film. Yeah. Like, every generation has that um, sort of one night in the life of, mm-hmm. or, you know, Ferris Bueller. It was like yeah, one yeah, day yeah. in the life of yeah. a particular character. And watching it now, you know, so long after I last saw it, it's just a really great sort of, like, coming-of-age teen film and it's actually like when the film finished i found myself sitting there going in that niche genre yeah this actually might be like top of the pops yeah not the best one ever made no, no, but no. in the upper echelon yeah of those teen films like john uh-huh. hughes used to make every friggin one he made was just excellent yeah you know, breakfast club 16 candles ferris mm-hmm. bueller and just like all of them they're just home runs yeah it's brilliant. They're all brilliant. And I was watching this. I was like, it's a very different film. Cause it's a bit dirtier, obviously, than oh, the old course. John Hughes films used to be. I, I didn't see it when it came out. Yeah. But then I saw it a couple of years after. And I was like, I can see why my parents didn't want me to see it. Yeah. This. And it's understandable. Like, it is an older yeah, film. Yeah. Um, not that the John Hughes films still had pretty strong themes in them. But this is a bit more overt. Mm-hmm. And I just sat there and the film ended. And I went, 
that's just that's really good. That's a really good movie. This is whilst you're looking at the hand-drawn cocks. Yeah, yeah. It was a juxtaposition <laughs> of, of my, my like emotion, me sitting there going, "What a wonderfully made film!" As in, like a cock, uh, giant, a cock dressed as a cowboy, yeah. um, and, a, and a and a dick man standing up to the tanks in Tiananmen yes. Square. Um, but it was actually I found myself thinking in a, in a very different film, same sort of genre, but a very different film. Did you ever see Edge of Seventeen? Stars Haley Steinfeld, and that was a film that I watched. Literally no. because it had gotten really good reviews. I'm not sure. Came out, I think it was 2017 or 18, a couple right. of years old now. But that's another like kind of like slice of life over the course of a couple of days mm-hmm. in the life of this young girl's life. Yeah. And you just go, once again, I found myself sitting there going, this is sort of like on a par in terms of more recent times with a film like Edge of 17 in terms of how good it is. Yeah. And how, like those films I spoke about that came out before my birth, yeah. were still being watched. 15, 20 years after they were released. And I was like, this Superbad is a film that will be watched by every 16, 17, 18-year-old. Oh, for sure. For future, future generations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And justifiably. So, like I said, it was just it was just such a, like a, just such a well done, like the whole premise, the whole yeah. like execution, such a simple story just told really well. Mm. And sometimes people can kind of go, oh, not much happens. It's a... But sometimes they're the best films. Exactly. All the stakes are kind of completely incidental or misunderstood. Like the guys, um, Jonah Hill and uh, Michael Michael, Sarah, their characters think that McLovin has been arrested. Yeah. So they flee, like they worry and they flee because they think he's been arrested. But he's having the time of his life. But he's actually been taken under the wings of the cops, you know, who are looking after him and... And they end up kind of everything converges at the end, and the stakes are literally. Cops are um, Seth Rogen and Bill, Bill Hader. Hader. Yeah, because yeah. McLovin. Oh, so good. I am, I am McLovin. <laughs> McLovin. <laughs> um, and now obviously the stories converge, but the stakes, like in Ferris Bueller, mm-hmm. Ferris Bueller is a chase movie yeah. where the stakes are: will the principal catch him? Yeah. Playing truant. Uh-huh. And it's just so brilliantly simple. Here it's: can we buy alcohol? with this fake license to take to a party to impress these two girls. Yeah. And that's the whole thing. And you go, it's so simple. It's so clear. It's so cleanly executed. Mm. All the ups and downs are great fun. They obviously get pulled apart in different directions. They end up coming back together. I was almost sitting there watching it going, yeah, this is, this is like a lot better than I gave it credit for. Yeah. And it's one one of those films that also with the main cast, it, Sets them in as, oh, that's Jonah Hill. He was in Superbad. Yeah. And, oh, that's Michael. Yeah, it's really... Christopher Mintz-Plass in his <laughs> first role, I think. That might have been his first yeah, movie. Yeah, first proper like, He might have been in some, you know... He might have been like stuff, a you know, kid... An extra. A kid that had been diddled. Nerdy in, extra. Yeah. He might have been a kid that was diddled in, like, Law and Order or yeah, something. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I thoroughly enjoy that movie. Very, very good movie. Like I said, it was just one of those ones to revisit it, and I remember like liking it, but being a bit of a cynical asshole, sort of thinking, oh, whatever. But to revisit it's it, too and go, popular, kind of, yeah, maybe, yeah. and to kind of revisit it and go, no, nah, it's just really, really good. It's like me with Step Brothers. I watched it once, and everyone's like creaming themselves over Step Brothers. I didn't find it that amazing. I still have to watch it. I still the have first, to rewatch it. The problem with Step Brothers: the first twenty minutes is some of the funniest shit that has ever been put on screen. Yeah. It's just so ridiculous, mm. but it doesn't really fit 
it's all they're all like non sequitur like puzzle pieces just put together because yeah. they're hilarious uh-huh. but when the film goes oh we've actually got a what's the film about yeah. what's the story yeah it kind of goes limp a bit for a while mm. and then you get to the end you know the Catalina wine mixer <laughs> and, that, and that bit like picks up at the end yeah so you kind of got the bookends when they're doing the job interviews it's funny mm. The start is whole unbelievable, mm. and then the end with you know, the the fucking Catalina wine mixer. That bit's great. <laughs> yeah, but I, I do agree in a way. I was like, when this film is good, it's amazing. Yeah, but I don't think it's amazing often enough. Mm. If that makes sense, that was no, my no, opinion yeah, 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 of yeah. Step Brothers. Uh-huh. Like a film that's like that, I think is even something like Borat is a bit like that. Yeah, like the first the first fifteen or twenty minutes. Like of, this is outrageous. The first fifteen or twenty minutes yeah. of Borat. Like when I very when I first saw it, I saw it at a absolutely jam packed, not a spare seat in the house, like V Max cinema. And everyone's just like, oh my oh god. My, no, but like the raucous. The, I've yeah. never heard people laugh as hard as this. And what would happen is something would happen, and I'd laugh, and I'd just lose my mind. And the person next to me might have thought it was funny. But then they're laughing at how much I'm laughing. Yeah. And then later on, the same thing happens in reverse. That was like when Bruno came out. I was of age. So everyone's like, oh, let's go see Bruno. So I didn't like Bruno at all. But then, no, like I didn't love it. I probably like Borat more. But then there was those like ridiculous amounts yeah. of laughter because someone finds this little something funny. So then everyone's laughing at that yes. guy going, what the fuck? Like, this cinema at Knox yeah. was literally like shaking because pe- people just losing it. And then similarly, the film kind of settles into a groove and it's still funny, mm-hmm. but that first 20 minutes is at such a breakneck pace yeah. that you're, you're almost exhausted. Mm. And then it kind of picks up a bit at the end. But yeah, I, I understand your misgivings with stepbrothers, yeah. but with super bad, like I said, I, I'm probably preaching the converted because most people probably do enjoy it, yeah. but um, to revisit it and be quite taken aback by how much I enjoyed it was a surprise. I'm glad. I'm glad you watched big, it. Now I want to big, rewatch it. Big thumbs up. Yeah. And you're you're up to number four, are you? Uh, yeah. This is we're up to number four your now. Final of the week. All of my all of my picks generally have some sort of note under it. Yes. Um, this one has nothing. Oh. Because I just really don't enjoy it. Oh shit. And you haven't even painted the courtesy of. No, my girlfriend Madeline will be very offended because oh. this is one of her favorite shows of all time. Um, we all know how much I like a good soap. Um, you won't pick this at all because it's a very niche sort yeah. of show. It's, it's it's called Heartland, and I'm pretty sure it's not a Netflix original. And there's a Who's reason in it. I couldn't even tell you. And there's a reason why it's got all of its seasons on Netflix, and it's based around this girl and living on a ranch with horses. Mm-hmm. It is, it's like the Saddle Club. Yeah, it's like a grown-up Saddle Club. And Holy shit, it's been running since 2007. Yeah, it's crazy. I think they paused for ages and then re-released a whole new bunch of seasons. But, um, so yeah, Maddie watched it probably 2010, 2011 maybe, and then got out of it and then found it again probably a year or oh, six months ago. It's fair to say she's obsessed. So I try and do my part and sit down next to her and have a have a watch and try to enjoy the shows she's watching. But I honestly can't get through an episode without going on my phone and flicking through anything else. Come on, come on, refresh. <laughs> it's, um, it's, you oh, know... Oh, thank God someone died. And, <laughs> yeah. Flicking through it on Twitter. But like, it's just... And you can tell it's low budget as well. It's you know ca- how... It's, you, it's you, Canadian. You, yeah, you watch a soap and 
you can tell it's like you know they, there's a lot of money in this it's just there's not a there's not a lot of money running through this program and there's a reason for it um and like you know the other day i was watching an episode with her where they have a baby and then the next episode the baby is eating solids but the baby's meant to be this newborn thing. You just you're all about the continuity. Yeah. You're all about the verisimilitude. <laughs> I mean why this doesn't make sense. Why is it this? And Manny's like, it's a show, just be quiet. I'm like, but this it's not, is bullshit. It's not real. <laughs> if they don't respect the law, yeah. why should I? Um and what it's about, just I've just found a review for you, Will. Yeah. This is from Justin Parkway <laughs> on uh, IMDB. Yeah. He left this review on the first of September in twenty fifteen. Uh-huh. A lot of context. Yeah. First off, I'm a 32-year-old man living in upstate New York. Uh-huh. I drive a truck and have seen a horse up close maybe three times. I love this show. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's a show where people either hate it or fucking adore it. And my girlfriend adores this and I, I hate it. But I will do the right thing and sit there with her and watch it. But it's, I struggle. I Even really, for a really non-horse struggle. person. This is a good storytelling. What are you a fucking centaur? It's not it's, a non-horse person. <laughs> what? It's like I I love to ride. I love riding horses. I've done it before. It's a great activity to do. But I don't understand this drama. What do they just run a ranch? They run a ranch, and it's about you know there's guys there, and yeah, they sexy, help run the ranch. Sexy guys. There's, they've all you know they've all got a little quiff and a three yeah, day growth. Yeah. Um, and then like plaid shirts. And she has this special. She basically trains like rogue horses. Oh, like like Mustangs. Yeah. yeah. So like, or like someone will have this horse that's acting badly, and then bring yeah. it to the ranch, and she'll change it forever. She's and the horse whisperer. Essentially, she's essentially a horse whisperer, and it's just, it's just it just annoys me. I look at it and I get annoyed. <laughs> I, like I watch it and get annoyed. From Mariposa nine seven eight six eight. Really like this country living series. However, I want to slap Mallory all the time. She's very <laughs> annoying, nosy, and extremely irritating. She needs to go. <laughs> And like, there's this. For in, like, I'm just going to talk about some of the characters that are annoying. There's this little girl that is the, you know, the one of the main characters is called Grandpa Jack. Grandpa Jack. Yeah. Um. It's this old, wired moustache dude that's just like, blah blah blah. This is the way we do it in the country. Blah, he's blah, like blah, a blah. like a poor man's um, Sam Elliott. <laughs> yeah, and he's just so. Anyway, there's this little girl, and it's like they can only get two lines out of her before she's distracted. Yeah. So she'll say something, and you're like, "That was so forced. Doesn't feel natural." Mate, how do you think the director feels? <laughs> get if, another kid. Get a natural. You'd be standing there going, "Is it too late to replace this kid?" <laughs> so they've got her in it, and then like any phones or laptops they have, they're all like, it's like what Nickelodeon did, how they had like the pear pod. Mm. And like, instead of an Apple logo on the back, it's a pair. This one's all horsies. Oh, and I'm just like, oh, <laughs> it's really an, a very average show. And like, I for, I tagged Madeline in this meme the other day. Someone on Twitter writes, there needs to be a category on Netflix for... Um, I think I've seen this tweet. <laughs> there needs to be a category on Netflix for I can sit on my phone for eight hours and still be yep. on top of what's happening. Yeah. And it's like, that is literally one of these shows and Maddie will attest to that. But I can't... Does she just like the horses? She loves the horses. Yeah, okay. Like, we're going away for a weekend in a couple in a couple of weeks um, and she on the way home, she wants to go horse riding. It's because she's so obsessed with horses now that I'm like, ah, yep, sure, I love horse riding, I'll do it. But um, it's because of this show and... I've ridden a horse once and it was uncooperative <laughs> and I didn't like it. My... I almost died on my very first horse ride. I, for some reason, got given like the runt of the litter yeah. and he was just like stupid. He's yeah. like a sandwich short of a picnic. 
And the leader horse on like the trainer, she's like, okay, now this is how you canter. This is how you do this, do this. And it's like, and this is how you gallop. As soon as the leader horse started galloping, my <laughs> my horse goes, oh, me too. What do I, what do and I I've got like one foot in the stirrup itching my leg. <laughs> it's like, ah, what? shit. What I don't understand, like, you know, when horse trainers. Yeah. Get it. Like, you know, they, it's like riding a bike. Riding a bike. No. He's not a live animal. <laughs> and you're not six foot up in the air. It's either. an inanimate object. <laughs> and people, they're always like, you just get on and the horse and you do this. And you go it feels and, you, you feel the going, horse. What? <laughs> and then the horse just, he doesn't respect me. And it, yeah. like, they just seem to be so blasé about how dangerous this is. And we don't want to, don't want to be a Johnny Raincloud. But look at a guy like Christopher Reeve, who's fucking Superman. <laughs> he used to ride horses all the time. Yeah. Fell off paralyzed exactly this is this was a guy an excellent horseman Hmm. and i'm like 11 years old and they're like just get up and do this and go (laughs) fuck off no (laughs) are you kidding me but um yeah so heartland if not a fan clearly aimlessly watch a tv show and don't really care what's going on but you like a bit of drama sure go ahead why don't you just hook up a chromecast and just watch the screen you know like they do like the background images yeah of like landscapes. If you like something with a bit of substance, I highly recommend Do Not Watch. That's pretty. That's about as damning as you've been. I just, <laughs> you know? I do, I do not find it enjoyable whatsoever. There'll be a moment. There'll be a moment triggered in a couple of weeks' time, and you'll be like all about Heartland. Something will happen. So I, like, I thought that with Grays, and I loved Grays, but I honestly, I can tell you, hand on my heart, I will not become obsessed with this show. We'll wait. Luckily, see. it's only got like a season and a half left, which Maddie's up to. So she smashed through it over the last... Oh, over. so it's actually the show is finished. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's finished okay. or it's like, you know, end of production. Yeah. And through ISO, Maddie smashed it out and she's on in, on, on the home straight. So you don't have to live with it much Correct. longer. Yeah. And then we can watch something else. Excellent. Let's well, review. So well, that's, that's my fourth pick. Well, very negative week this week negative, for me anyway. Yeah, I mean, you like Zombieland. I did like Zombieland and I, you know, gave Fortnite a participation award. Yeah. Um. You gave Fortnite a very lukewarm pass. Yeah. I mean, uh, so you're actually not that bad. And then what was the other one? Uh, Space Force. Yeah, you didn't like that. No, not much luck. Well, from something that you just couldn't get into at all to something that I'm I'm sort of quite into currently. Invested. Um, Perry Mason. So Perry yeah. Mason's HBO series that has aired two episodes. It airs on a Sunday night in America. We're two weeks in. I think it's a quite a limited series. I think there's five or six episodes total. Mm-hmm. Each episode runs for, you know, for about an hour. Okay. Um, and it's basically based on the existing property, Perry Mason, which was a like a genre-defining American classic TV show. If you think about it, the original Perry Mason, was he was like a defense lawyer. Right. Uh, and it ran from 1957 to 1966. So at the birth of television, this was like the first courtroom procedural. Okay. And if you think about television since, yeah. there's always a courtroom procedural. Yeah. There's usually many. You know, most of those flagship um, networks or the, the, the major networks in America, I should say, will usually have a flagship police show CSI, or a courtroom NCIS. show, yeah. etc. at any one time. Usually there's, there's quite a few. Judge Judy. Judge Judy. <laughs> um, but you think like you're crossing Jordan, the practice. Yeah. Heaps of them, dozens of them, mm-hmm. suits. Yeah, you think about all these courtroom procedurals. Perry Mason was like the first. Yeah, ran for nine years as I said. So it's iconic. Iconic American yep. TV show. Uh-huh. Probably doesn't mean as much, you know. Having wrapped up in '66, they did some TV movies mm-hmm. after, um, but obviously, you know, probably doesn't mean as much to 
more recent generations outside of America. Um, but they've decided to revive the character and revive the, the name more than anything. It's more like, you know, like a car. So they don't make Falcons anymore, mm-hmm. but you can bet your bottom dollar at some point in the future, like they did in the past, they will bring back the Falcon badge. Yeah. And they'll call something else a Falcon. Yeah. Um, and this is very similar to that. So um, Matthew Reese plays Perry Mason, who at this stage of his career is not yet a defense attorney. He's like a, a, a private investigator. Yep. Uh, in LA, it's set in 1932, I think, is mm-hmm. the year it's set in. So that's always a great starting point because it's a really visually distinctive yeah, yeah. period. Mm-hmm. Did you ever play the game LA Noir? I think I may have played a demo. Very boring, um, made by Rockstar. Right. And it was like a detective procedural game where you'd go around crime scenes and had the kind of basic mechanics of a GTA, right. but it was a little bit more in-depth. And it wasn't necessarily that it was... It was it was a pretty cool idea, mm-hmm. but it was a real slow burn of a game yeah. um, to get through. But very, very distinctive style, that golden era, you know, sepia sort of tinged yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, LA, sun-kissed LA. Um, and look, it's really good. Like, it's it's a really interesting, not so much a, a, a whodunit mystery, because mm. very early on they kind of, They've given you quite a few clues in the first two episodes as to who did this. Yeah. Whether or not they're they're bluffs or misdirections, mm-hmm. who knows. But it's more of a why. Right. And they've set up the characters, they've set up all the people involved. It's that classic thing, you know, when you're watching a one of these mysteries and you're kind of like, you know, who killed the butler? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, it's not going to be a complete fucking nobody. Yeah. It's someone in this room. It's somebody we've seen. Because they they're not going to get to the end of the film. And so be, is it per episode? There's a story. No. Right. So it's a it's a uh, in continuity. Okay. Right. Gotcha. Um, rolling narrative. Yeah. So the basic premise is this young young couple, uh, their one you know very very young son, yeah, uh, less than probably less than a year old, is kidnapped, um, and they're at the very first scene of the show they're paying a ransom mm-hmm. to the kidnappers, yep. and it it emerges that they provide the ransom, but the baby's actually already dead. Mm. So they go collect him. The baby's already dead. So it's more about, yeah, who who killed, why, what's the motive, and it's obviously without giving it away. It's kind of unraveling slowly as these plots do, yep. um, and people's motivations and their connections. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it's always that funny thing where you, you kind of keep track of who the show has in- introduced. Yep. Because you're like, well, we're not going to be introduced to the murderer mm-hmm. in episode three. No. We the murderer has already been seen. Because that'd be that's just, that's like Scooby Doo shit. Yeah. Where you're like, but you'll get an inkling of like the final two suspects in the slowly, second last, and then the last yeah. it all comes. Because it doesn't out. work if you're sitting there and they're like, you know, remember this guy from like you like the first episode? <laughs> he was like just on the corner of the screen. He did. Yeah. You're like, well, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I was meant to get that. How was I meant to get that? Yeah. Um, but just looks great. You know, feels great. It's got a yep. lot of intrigue. I think the first two episodes are built really well. They're built really well to like kind of hook you into the world and yep. hook you into the characters. And there's enough. You're you're as you do with the best um, best of these shows, even if they go for 45 minutes, let alone five or six hours. Mm-hmm. There has to be enough of that push and pull between he did it, or maybe he did it. Yeah. How was she involved? Oh, okay. What did he say then? Does that tie back to that yeah. conversation earlier? You're sort of trying to put it all together as it rolls. So um, I do recommend it. Uh, there's a couple of good actors in it too. Um, Shay Wiggum, who's, who's been in quite a few things. He's a um, pretty well-traveled actor. He played, uh, did you ever see Vice Principals on HBO? Danny McBride? No. 
Danny McBride and I'm drawing a blank on the other actor's name. Very funny man. Gonna have to look it up very briefly because it's killing me. I'm a bit like you earlier where you sit there and go, I had his name, but it's just completely <laughs> gone. Um, Walton Goggins. Right. I kept on thinking, I was like, Walton Goggins. Uh, Walton Goggins and Danny McBride, they play two vying vice principals for right. the top job at this yep. school. Shay Wiggum was in that and he played Danny McBride's character's wife, right. her new boyfriend. Yeah. And he was like, the whole idea was Danny McBride hated him for like stealing his woman, but he was just lovely. <laughs> and he's like, God damn you, Ray. <laughs> but he was like just a really nice guy. Yeah. Like everything, everything that Danny McBride said to him to put him down or whatever, he was just didn't react. Uh-huh. Um, so Shay Wiggum's a supporting character and he's great. John Lithgow's great. Yep. He's in he's in a bunch of stuff. Um but I think it got me thinking more that the, the implications of this show doesn't need to be called Perry Mason. It could literally be called anything else. Mm. It you reckon could, it just took that name for a bit of like Exactly. Bit yeah, of IP bit name of recognition. Um Robert Downey Jr. was originally he produces it. He was actually going to play Perry Mason. Mm. Which, to be honest with you, I think RDJ, RDJ is great, but he's distracting. Yeah. So when it's this guy Matthew Reese who's been in the Americans and yeah, yeah, probably one of the biggest film he's done was that film Burnt with Bradley Cooper. He right. played the chef, the rival of Chef, his mate. Mm-hmm. Um, look, he's a good actor, and he's just more um, inconspicuous yep. as Perry Mason. If it's Robert Downey Jr., you're like, but you're Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. And I don't know if you're good. You're really good, but it would be distracting because mm. I don't see Perry Mason. I see Robert Downey Jr. So, but the broader topic, as I should say, is, is about this. It could be called Will Peters and be the same show. Here's Will Peters, Private Eye. Yeah. Get on a, on this case, going to figure it out. And it actually wouldn't diminish the show whatsoever. It wouldn't take away from it in whatsoever. But it got me thinking, I've been big on this thing for a long time called uh, Remix Theory. Right. The idea that we're we're in this remix era where there are no new ideas. And to some extent, it's awesome. Like mm. you think about the best example I can think about in terms of a small scale example that's caught fire mm-hmm. is like meme remixing. So, you know, like Simpsons shit posting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of that stuff is unbelievably funny. <laughs> but what it does is it takes an existing culture of recognition for the Simpsons yep. and then remixes all the jokes. Yeah. And they're funny. They're hilarious. Some of them are just brilliant. And you go, that's really, really great. But it's not an original concept. Yeah. When The Simpsons came out and was funny, it was funny on its own. And when Perry Mason comes out, you go, this is a good show. Yeah. It doesn't need to be called Perry Mason. Yeah. At all. But, like you alluded to, if it's not called Perry Mason, if it's not based on the existing IP, it doesn't have, yeah. If it doesn't have the existing brand recognition, People are like, they well, need they need to be sold. Exactly, they yeah. need to be sold more. Whereas the name Perry Mason, like I've never watched the original TV show, but I know it. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, it's the old TV show. Yeah, okay, they're bringing it. We're reimagining it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Whereas if it's called Will Peters, they're like, we've got to really fucking tell everyone everything about exactly, it to watch yeah. it. So, I, I do um, I do recommend it. It is it is quite uh, not gruesome in the sense that violence. But it is quite like in, in an episode I've just episode two I've just watched, he he finds like a body, uh, and it's pretty kind of mangled up. It's pretty graphic. Yeah. 
and obviously the the topic you know the, the actual case here with the the young child having been abducted and and having been murdered it's it, it i warned a few friends of mine who are um young fathers you know potentially watching it with their wives mm. sort of going just bear in mind if you're thinking about watching it uh there is some pretty graphic subject matter yeah that would probably be hit pretty close to home yep someone like me i can kind of watch it and distance myself yeah and go that's terrible jeez yeah. shit but you know if you are a father husband wife mm-hmm. mother you, you might sort of go oh, oh yeah. Yeah, especially with young kids yeah You're like oh jesus christ um but it is i'm really enjoying it we're two episodes in it's good um uh, like i said it airs we get it every monday but i i really can thoroughly recommend it based on the strength of these first two episodes mm. For those who are interested in a in a nice, you know, well done, well made, well produced, acted, directed, you know, who done it mystery. Lovely. What is your pick of the week, William? My pick of the week, pretty safe to say. Yeah. The only good one in my list. Zombieland Double Tap. I don't Hi- even know why I asked. Highly recommend. Uh <laughs> I got halfway through that question and went <laughs> Zombieland. Uh yeah, Zombieland, Double Tap, great watch. Uh I reckon it's you could almost say it's a good family film. You could put it on with a mature family. Yeah, not like kids. No, you don't. You don't go. Peppa Pig's going off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, no, I would. Yeah, I'd put it on. You know, big family gathering, bit of fun. family dinner, good fun, bit of a laugh. Um, and and two, like they've got actors, which is good. They've got established actors. They've got actors that are like cross generational. Yeah. So the parents would be like, oh Woody Harrelson. Yeah. You know, and the then I'm like, be like oh Emma Stone, Eisenberg, yes, Eisenberg. Yeah. And then, and then for little Stacy, you've got Abigail Breslin. Yeah, little Stacy, little Johnny. Yeah, little wee, Timbo. We little Timbo. Um, okay, now that, that was pretty yeah. straightforward. Zombie Land, Double Tap. Excellent. Oh, like I said, I um, I, I think at some point in the next week or two, I will make an effort to watch first things first, like Zombie Land, all the way through. Yep. In one sitting. Mm-hmm. Um, because I enjoyed it. Yeah. But I've watched it in. I've probably missed little bits and pieces. You know, you catch it on Foxtel. The or, Twinkie narrative in the first one is hilarious. Well, and that's the thing I like. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I need to go back and revisit it. Yeah. And then that would obviously allow me to watch. Of course. The second one. Yeah. Uh, my pick of the week is probably a little bit harder, to be honest, because I, I really enjoyed all of these. Um, I'll probably go for the movie trivia Schmodown. Okay. Only because whilst I really, really like The Killers and the new song was great listening, Superbad was great, as I said, and Perry yeah. Mason is absolutely worth your time if you're in the market for a uh, that type of show. Mm-hmm. The movie Trivia Schmodown is just something that's a little bit more off-Broadway and people might not know about it. Um, and a and bit pr- more accessible as well. Probably needs a bit more of a sell as well to say, yeah. give it a chance. You don't have to watch the wrestling angles yeah. type storylines. Mm-hmm. You can just skip them and watch the matches. Yeah. Um, and I think that, yeah, if you like all that stuff, if you like the movies, if you like trivia, and trivia is great. Like I, I always used to say, I always love and would love for them to bring it back, particularly in summer. Just like Sale of the Century. Because mm. who wants to be a millionaire as a, as a former um, star? Who wants to be a millionaire? Um, I got the worst question in the world. <laughs> Fucking bullshit. I got a question, like a marketing question about a tourism ad that aired before I was born. And I was like, I don't know, Eddie. I'm going to have to pass. Give me the fucking money. Ed, <laughs> I asked you. I said, pass. Next question, please. I said before, give me another one. It's terrible. <laughs> Can we get a reshuffle, reshoot? Cut, cut, cut. This isn't how that works. It was a horrible question. <laughs> um, but who wants to be a millionaire? It's just a bit slow. Mm. The fast money thing's good. Yeah. But then when they get in the chair, it's just boring. Mm-hmm. 
Whereas this, you sit there and you go like in 25 minutes, you get, you know, you probably get 20, 20 odd questions. Yeah. You know, because uh, they do different rounds. Mm-hmm. So you sit there and go, just fire off these questions. People love sitting there and just, you know, doing brain busters. Mm-hmm. That's good fun. So that is my um, number one. Schmodown. For this week. Movie trivia schmodown. Simply just type that into YouTube. Uh, and you'll find, as I said, a big back catalogue of matches. It's been running for quite a few years now. Um, so you can, there's hundreds of them there. And mm-hmm. they do new ones every, you know, a couple of new ones a week. So yep. that's my number one. Excellent. That excellent. is excellent. Well, I guess we better shout outs. Do we have shout outs? Oh, we were going to give a shout out. We were going to give a shout out off the top. Yeah. Uh, thanks, for, so- thanks for sticking with us. See, this is why I told Will to remind me. <laughs> because uh, I had completely forgotten it. So uh, for... If he's still listening, hopefully. Uh, Michael Hogg, one of my good friends. Just tell him it's at the end. Um, I will. Uh, I'm pretty sure... I forgot what he was referencing, but he said... Yeah, what was he referencing? Simpsons, I think. Or... I could go back and find it, but then we're going to be sitting here for four minutes waiting for me to go through my Facebook feed. It's not worth that. No. We'll shout you out properly next week. Yeah, but I mean... Well, I mean, We I did see you. We will listen to you. I don't know if we have to give him a double shout out. No. But... Like, <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, shout out. What's his name? Michael Hogg. Michael Hogg. I was going to say, for, you said Michael and I heard Michael, but then in the intervening 60 seconds, uh, as, a, as a big Carlton fan from way back, I was mm-hmm. thinking of Matthew Hogg. <laughs> and I was thinking, he didn't say Matthew no. Hogg. But now all, no. the only thing I've got in my head is Matthew Hogg, number 32. <laughs> no. Premiership so, uh, player, 95 premiership player, Matthew Hogg. Thanks for listening yeah. in. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, shout out, Hoggy. Uh, and you can obviously find us on all of our socials. Yes. Uh, mine is now I've rebranded again to no, no, no as in I've <laughs> across my platforms at Willie P two L's two Y's two P's two E's and Sean it's actually relatively easy once you remember it exactly when you say it aloud you like drill it into people's heads yeah when like, you how s- do I spell that hand then two L's two I's two P's two E's oh, of course when you say it aloud it's like that's ridiculous yeah but then when you think about it, you're like it's smart yeah two L's no two one's I's, got it I go into P's, any sort of platform it's free well I mean there's a reason why but. We don't need to get into that. I believe there's a lot of Will Pe- there's a lot more Will Peters in this world than Sean Peter Budget. There's only one me, no <laughs> doubt about it. <laughs> uh, well, you can find me at the only um, Sean Peter Budge, all one word. Uh, one of those emails was taken though. I couldn't, I couldn't, they? I couldn't just be Sean Peter Budge, all one word. So there must be a Sean middle name Peter Budge, yeah, somewhere. But you know, mm. I'll find him. I'll kill him. Okay. Then I'll take that handle. Take the domain as well. <laughs> <laughs> SeanPeterJudge.com. Oh, that's actually a good uh, name for a subject there. Sean Peter Judge. <laughs> <laughs> Passing judgment. It's like Judge Juddy. <laughs> Judge Juddy. I, do, I actually don't mind his footballing opinion, but... We spoke about this very briefly on our on our Carlton podcast, yeah. the Ian Prendercast. Great show. Where I like Juddy, but yeah. I think he's a little bit... I think he's too nuanced for Triple M's audience, or Triple M's style, I should yeah, say. Yeah, but like what... Because he he's go very, on, where, where else would he go then? He, he could be good on a like a on a Rex Hunt era three AW, because he's very dry, but he's very quick, mm. and the stuff that he says isn't the big Triple M, big bombastic, silly shit. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's none of that stuff. He's yeah. he's very like when Smart, he when witty. when he came out of the tribunal, and deadpanned, having watched uh, Steven Seagal movies, I now know that pressure points are no laughing matter. Yeah. When he deadpan that, that was the he'd just been given three weeks or something. <laughs> it was just it was brilliant. I, uh, I thought I really love you, Jack. Yeah, he's a little bit wasted on Triple M, but I feel like there's no real spot for him at the moment. So probably the not. best is Triple M. He could do maybe TV. 
Mm. Like a fox or a seven. Yeah, but then he's like, I don't want him next to Eddie. I'd rather him talk shit with all the boys on Triple M than potentially be with, you know, Sarah Jones and Eddie McGuire. I don't disagree. Um, anyway, we digress. We're done. We're done. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening in this week. Uh, we'll obviously get watching recast our lists moving on to next week. And uh, we'll be back to do it all again. Thank you very much. Will? Look forward to being in your ears. Excellent. <laughs> you, 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 you know what he means. And for me, Sean P. Thank you very much. We'll catch you next week.